Welcome to Swanglinese, the only podcast talking the language of business here in the Middle East. Your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Andermo, give you their own insights as well as interviewing business leaders in the region to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Barry, Oscar, let's talk Swanglinese. Hello and a very warm welcome to this episode of Swanglinese. In the studio today, I have the pleasure of the company of the original, the other half. Hi, Oscar. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy that I'm still in the intro to the podcast that you didn't forget about me. No, well, yeah, I left Dubai now. Has it been? Yeah, exactly. Been nearly a year, but of course, no, we couldn't. Uh, I thought about it. I did think about cutting you up, but then, uh, <laughs> then I was like, well, we can't do that. You're you're sort of part of the foundation of this, and also it allows us to do this because the whole point of this session is that the the last one we did before you actually left Dubai. Uh, we deliberately labeled it a uh, see you later, not goodbye, yeah. <laughs> so that we could do these kind of things and, and have you yeah. drop in. So it's uh, it's good to see you. And um, how's it going? You you had to go to Sweden, so to let, give us an update. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, we moved in July back to Sweden. Uh, it's uh, was a bit tough uh, in Dubai at the end because uh, I had basically four. Uh, four sources of income and uh, one was events and also mm -hmm. uh, this house Brisco that I was doing so no income and in the middle of March last year about this time I was looking at the numbers and like oh wow, my god it's going to be the best year in many years in uh, the event business you know like doing really well we had a lot of things going for expo and then like two weeks later everything. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right uh, and then also the, I mean I was doing a lot of team building stuff you know with uh, Mary your, your friend mm -hmm. and uh, out in the desert we're doing the team buildings and also speaking and coaching all these things that you people need to meet you know yeah, um, yeah. well you're so, coaching you've got the you're coaching in the desert right the um, um yeah exactly. ultimate yeah was it's it? like the seminar that i was doing in the desert and yeah. uh, exactly all these things uh, means that people people are meeting and in the mm. in the winter season that was one of the things that i used to do regularly you know mm. uh, so yeah, these things. And then also at the end, a couple of months later, like end of May, uh, my wife also lost her job. Mm -hmm. uh, she was working in the travel industry. You know, a lot of people in the travel industry got affected. Yeah. So, but as you know, my mom was also uh, uh, ill or she mm -hmm. had cancer for many years. So we saw it as an opportunity to relocate. We, we've been thinking for many years to move back mm -hmm. to Sweden anyway. Yeah. And we had, uh, we had an apartment already in Stockholm. So we were actually paying double rent. So we right. said, let's uh, let's give let's up. Stop the doing rent. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and I guess that's one lesson I think for all business people and entrepreneurs: when you cut your fixed costs, you know, when these things are happening. You know. it's so true, and um, you know, whatever you want to call it, coincidence. This is a conversation that I'm having with Tara, my wife, right now, in terms of having survived that year. Um, mm -hmm. Now we're just evaluating, as many people are here in the UAE. You know, what's the what's the potential for, for staying? Whilst the opportunities are there, the the cost mm -hmm. of being here is is high. There's no getting away from that. Yeah. So um, so that that's 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 definitely a relevant conversation. But um, you obviously you made the move back to 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 Stockholm. How was that transition? Because you've been here for what twelve years, thirteen yeah, years in Dubai. Twelve years. Yeah. 12, 12, so, I came October two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. No, it was interesting. Uh, in January last year, I did a, took a big group from the Executive Council to Dubai uh, to Stockholm from Dubai mm. to Stockholm. That was also one of the like consultancy things that I did. Uh, I had a great time. Uh, so I've been going back and forth to between uh, Stockholm and Dubai, but Dubai was kind of my home, and especially yeah. 
the winters in the desert, you know, you miss that. <laughs> and yeah. it was a bit weird coming to Sweden in July because, you know, in Dubai, we were so used to the face masks. Mm. And then as soon as we crossed, uh, we, we flew to Copenhagen in Denmark and we crossed the bridge and came to, to Sweden. And suddenly no one was wearing any face masks. It's like, right. It's weird. Uh, because you were so used to, it took a couple of days to like, you go outside and like, oh, oh, I don't need to bring the face mask. And it was mm. a bit weird. Uh, the, the way Sweden did it, uh, it was a little bit different than the rest of the world. Mm. And uh, there are different opinions on uh, how, how it was. Like personally, as a small business owner, I love the way Sweden did it. Right. But then I also have uh, relatives that work in uh, hospitals like nurses and they think that it was a bit too open. So it depends, right. of course, on your perspective. But uh, as a small sure. business owner, you know, I, I had to transition to digital. Like, um, hmm. uh, okay, and how, how was that? Because like I say, you, a lot of your what you were doing was face-to-face training, coaching out in the desert, group, group um, get-togethers yeah. and so forth. How was that? Uh, first of all, was that forced? Because like you say, Sweden was more open. So was, would it have been feasible for you to do face-to-face stuff there? And secondly, how was that transition been? Uh, so, so basically, Sweden worked with recommendations. So mm. the recommendation was that everyone that could should work from home. But it was mm. not like a law. You wouldn't get a fine or anything. But it was recommendations. And most people in Sweden could work from home. They have a fast, a fast internet connection and mm. they can do the work from home. So basically, if you look at the metros and everything, there was a lot less people traveling because most people were working from home. Uh, mm-hmm. They had uh, maybe restrictions on the amount of people that you were meeting. Uh, mm-hmm. I attended like smaller meetings. Uh, I tested different stuff to, to see uh, because when I came back, I was like, okay, now I need to kind of rebuild my business yeah. here. So in August, September, I tried with um, uh, TUGS, the same concept as in Dubai, uh, mm-hmm. like a seminar, uh, vision and goal seminar. Where you think about the future. And in Dubai, mm-hmm. I was doing it in the desert. And in Sweden, I've been doing it on a big catamaran. So we're doing mm-hmm. that uh, a few few times. I did it the first one in 2018 or something. Uh, so I was thinking this, we could probably market as COVID safe. So I did a right. flyer and said, oh, COVID safe uh, team building activity. Uh, but, and I sent it left and right, but I didn't, I got zero, <laughs> zero bookings. So right. that didn't work. So even yeah. though it would have been okay uh, legally and uh, it would have been, I think, COVID safe because we would have been outside. Uh, most companies in August, September were still hesitant to put people to do together. those kind of things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They were not. Uh, so that didn't work. So I tried other things and I started like thinking, where is there a need? Start thinking maybe I can do something with schools because the schools were still opening. So uh, tested that. It didn't really work out, but it kept pushing, you know, and that's maybe the second lesson, you know, like I, I've been saying this before when you don't have resources, you need to become resourceful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, <laughs> just keep, keep going you know <laughs> i yeah. mean i think a lot of small business owners had that experience last year you know like well, for uh, sure there's the i think everybody's a got zoom fatigue and also hates the word pivot <laughs> everybody's yeah, yeah. been used to death it's like oh i pivoted my business and yeah. but it's been used so often because so many people had to do it you know yeah, yeah. whatever was working couldn't work for whatever reason or even if it was feasible it wasn't uh, acceptable in the minds of businesses and, and how things are changed from that side of things. So yeah, everybody's kind of had to, even the big businesses have had to adapt and, and also maybe come to the realization that, oh, well, people can work from home and they can be productive yeah, yeah. and it can work. And there's a different way of, of, of doing it from, from that side of things. But um, 
so you kept plugging away and trying different things as you're as you're yeah. wanting to do um and where where have you kind of yeah so so i think in the beginning of november i finally got uh, a, a nice uh, email <laughs> i got an email from one of the guys that i've been was in contact with and said ah, we need someone that does two to three uh, train online trainings a, a week uh, over like november seven january can you do that and i was like let me, let me think about it. Let me think for a sec. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, in Sweden, you have the unemployment agency that is helping people that are unemployed. Right. Uh, and they contract companies that are supposed to support the unemployed people. Right. So these companies, they, they have maybe four or five hundred. So when you become unemployed, you can uh, apply to one of those companies and that company will support you to help you write your CV, help you pick trainings, help you try to find a job, motivate you. So there's a lot of those companies. So one of those companies hired me to do trainings and uh, speaking gigs about motivation, energy, okay. mental training, all these things that I that I am passionate about and I love talking mm. about. <laughs> so I I set up uh, seven um, seven topics that I did, uh, and then uh, that I did two two times for that that company. So right. and it was uh, digital. So right. I had what, about 200 people on each uh, each call, and the uh, first one was goal and motivation and productivity and uh, yeah, all these uh, things that is needed to, when you're unemployed, it's easy to get into these bad habits of, you know, mm. the days just slips through and then suddenly you wake up two weeks later and you haven't done anything. Yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of, so it was awesome. interesting. And and how was it from a, it's a leading question, but in terms of people think, oh, well, I might be in the same situation, but isn't that a huge uh, investment or don't I need all of this kit to do that? Can you just talk a little bit of, you know, when they, when you got that email and they said, can you deliver these online courses? Did you have to go out and buy a film studio? What did you do to actually then deliver that? <laughs> no, uh, I did it from where I'm standing right now. Right. Um, with that, with that picture hook in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. With the, hook. Um, yeah. the, the OCD people, they probably got annoyed with my little hook. Actually, <laughs> when I did those, I had a, a, a picture of my family there. So maybe right. it was more of like a connecting. Yeah. Uh, when I record, I recorded a digital course in January, December. I took down the the painting. And oh, okay. The, but the hook <laughs> is still there. So I guess I take the hook right. down. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, uh, you so know the same like me. I think maybe you've been doing digital longer than me, but I've been doing a lot of speaking gigs. For, I mean, for the last 10 years, I've been doing speaking gigs in front of a live audience. Mm -hmm. And the first time doing it over Teams, like uh, in November was one of the first when I did like, you know, a big one for 200 people. It's like a little bit different. And, like, and the beginning, you know, technology is not really, something happens and people come in, ah, I cannot uh, see the chat. I cannot see the PowerPoint. So a little bit stressful, but... Uh, <laughs> After a while, I, I got used to it, and uh, now I kind of enjoy it actually. Because mm. uh, instead of I, I, it's good and bad, because it's bad you cannot see the people. But mm. uh, if for the listeners, if you ever had to uh, do Zoom or delivery stuff like this, one thing that you can do is use the chat chat function. So you yep. can make it interactive by asking questions and having them answer on the chat. You know. Yeah, so yeah I'm doing that. I, I did one on Monday for a new client. I had two hundred people, uh, um, unemployed people, unfortunately. Um, and then again, you throw out questions like, uh, what, what was the biggest lesson 2020 or like these kind of things? And you can use the chat. Yeah. So. And, and in terms of uh, other equipment to do this, uh, you effectively laptop, 
earphones? Do you have a microphone? Was there anything else that you had to invest in? Because again, I want to break down the obstacles. People mm. said, well, we're doing a podcast. Yeah, but we've always done this podcast with mm. a laptop, a microphone. Now I've got a green screen. <laughs> That's yeah, something well, we never used to have that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we used to sit you know, opposite each other and do this. So did you, again, did you have to go through to great lengths to be able to deliver these kind of sessions and, and monetize them from that side of things? When we started the podcast, you know, I bought this one. Yeah. And we used this one. We were sitting in the desert when you and me recorded podcasts in the desert. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing. I don't know what, if the noise got effect, you know, but yeah. So I didn't have to buy any extra equipment, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. I just had to do a setup uh, at home and, uh, uh, just readjust a little bit to digital delivery. Uh, but otherwise, that's the beauty of this, you know. Uh, it's so so easy. And also, as a speaker, you don't have to travel anywhere. Like uh, on Monday, I had people from all over Sweden, from the south of Sweden to the north of Sweden. And from Malmö in the south to Lule, where I have people in the north, it's, I don't know, it's a long drive. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, Sweden is a very long country, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's yeah. a, that's definitely something that people I, I have as well, that you don't have to travel as much for, for meetings, although we're starting now, people are saying, can you come to the office and so forth? And mm. you're just like, wow, it really does take up a lot of time uh, yeah. <laughs> in terms yeah. of that travel and so forth. But one one thing, especially as a speaker, as a coach, as a deliverer of this kind of content, how how did you adapt to the transition of just looking at that that little yeah. dot instead of, for, instead of people? Because that... that I, well, my question is, how has that impacted your energy in delivering these kind of things? Because it's yeah. it's completely different. Yeah, it is a little bit different. Uh, I try to stand up. Uh, I have a setting, so I stand up uh, and I see myself. Uh, and I've done a lot of this NLP stuff before. And I know uh, this when I'm in a good state, I have like certain smiles that I put on. So I try to use the same. I look at myself and like... I might not like change the body language a little bit, but it's of course it's different talking into a computer instead of like looking, seeing the audience. So yeah, it takes some time to get used to it. Mm. But now I've done maybe 20 of those or more. So now uh, I think it's the same with everything. You need to, to do it and, and practice and, and do it uh, regularly and then you get yeah. good at it. You know? Yeah, true. And, and so now for the, the controversial question, Teams or Zoom? I mean, I, I prefer Zooms, Zoom uh, uh, 100%. But yeah. unfortunately, the client, my clients are using Team internally. Mm. So like I did two for uh, corporate clients in uh, November. I did the one about managing your energy while working from home. Uh, and then those I set up, so then I use Zoom. Mm. And then when I started working with the, these unemployment agencies, then uh, they use Teams internally. So... Yeah. Like on Monday, we were doing, sorry, Microsoft. I know you're ex-Microsoft guy. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I prefer, I prefer I pre Zoom as well. So maybe, maybe you can answer this as an ex-Microsoft. On Monday, I had 200 people uh, logged in and we're starting. And people are put, start putting the microphone on. I cannot see the chat. I cannot see the chat. I cannot see the PowerPoint. I cannot see the video. And then some people after when, we, when I started, people said, I just logged out and logged in again. And then I could see the chat. Hmm. Uh, for me it's like how is that even like why isn't it there from the beginning then you know? <laughs> well I, yeah, I have no answer to that question and I don't know and I've, I've had to deliver using tip teams as well and I just find it very difficult to, to do that as well I, I don't know I think it's that the, the argument between sort of Macs and, and uh, Windows based PCs as well once you go to one and it, it seems so intuitive and things are where you would expect them to be and then you go to the other one and you're like well I just want to, to do this but you have to click that and click that and then it's down here and then you 
I was like, wow, that, that doesn't make it easy to use. And uh, But like you said, you, you have to adapt, and that's part of this, because then you've also got, you know, WebEx, you've got all of these different platforms that different businesses are utilizing. They have similar functionality, but um, it's one of the things, I think, for people that are transitioning into this, that it's really, it's really difficult to not get distracted by the technology, because when it's really distracting as a, as a, as a speaker, when you keep getting those messages as you're trying yeah. to start, and you're like, oh, uh, and if somebody's not moderating that for you, or, or and yeah. that's also something, if, 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 if it's ever possible, to have a third party moderating that kind Absolutely. of stuff do it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do it. No, I, on monday i had two people from from the company that hired me as moderators and that helps a lot because yeah. I, I mean as a deliver when you deliver you just want to focus on mm. bringing the best content and the technology yeah it, that's it can be quite stressful when the technology is not working so yeah no, no, zoom if you can if you have the option to choose i think the listeners you should Try to pick Zoom. Yeah, I'm I'm going to agree with that because I would do the same. Now, when now with the transition and and creating all of this content and doing the digital stuff, have you been marketing yourself differently? Have you been marketing yourself? How has it how has it been in terms of what you used to do here in the UAE in Dubai and what you're doing now? Yeah, uh, it's uh, one thing that we were talking about you and me discussing was this uh, owning your digital space. Mm. And I think it's uh, maybe um, both have this, uh, you and me have our mentor <laughs> Ernesto that helped us in the beginning with the digital stuff. And yeah. uh, you've been talking about this as well, that, you know, Google your name and see what comes up. And, and to me has helped because I'm listed on mo- most of the speaking agencies in Sweden and they're mm. very good with SEO and all this. So when you Google my name, uh, this comes up. So, so when I went into this space, I'm kind of new in this, like I haven't done speaking gigs for unemployed people before. Mm. Uh, so uh but the good thing is when i because after my first client that i did these uh, like 18 gigs for i started reaching out to other companies because i realized there's a lot of people unemployed so there's a need for this so yeah. i found a list of more companies like this that i started to reach out to and since they don't know me uh, i just email them cold i think one of the things first they do is google my name yeah by being by looking good on, on, on like, okay, this guy actually is not, there is something behind this, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's a lesson that um, has helped that's me cool. this journey actually. You know? Yeah. To own own mm-hmm. that digital space. You know? Yeah. I know. I mean, like I say, definitely would uh, prescribe that to people to, to, to manage and, and own that and, and that you can take control of that. That's the other thing. Cause people say, well, it doesn't, it just does what it wants, right? Google just puts whatever it wants, wherever it wants. Yeah. So actually, that's not necessarily true. You can manipulate that to a certain extent. You can focus on positive action uh, and then it will help further down the line because now more so than ever, because everybody's online, everyone's Zoom interviews, calls, et cetera, meetings, everyone's spending more time online. It's even easier when you're doing kind of cold calls like this to an initial client, they're on this talking to you. And of course, they're tapping away your name into into uh, google to say okay yeah. well, who is this guy and is yeah, there anything yeah. behind him is, is he just chancing his arm i mean again for you, you you what you know your experience is applicable to this audience the fact that you haven't spoken to this specific audience before that that's also uh, i guess part of this transition that everybody's doing yeah. is like, well my stuff my expertise well how i can help it can help people over here and over here and i've gone after these people normally but oh these, these are the other people that I could help from that side of things. Have you done any other active marketing um, from that um, side of things? Yeah, yeah just one uh, thought that came that I think one of the first episodes that you and me did on this podcast, this is when you were focusing a lot on your online reputation. 
Yeah. You were the one talking about this. Google your own name and see what comes up and try to own that space. So you've been talking about this for, for a while. Yeah. When did we start this podcast? Was it 2015? 2015. Wow. It was one of those episodes when you were, you were doing online repetition, you know? Yeah, and which I still do because it was we. Yeah. I started beat the cyberbully in 2014, and then we started doing this. And of course, a big part of that was about online reputation and transitioned into the professional world for for all of us to say, well, people are gonna gonna judge you. And I think even at that point, you told the story of you evaluating um, PR company or uh, yeah, the, the yeah, girl exactly, that... yeah. Oh yes, I was uh, yes, exactly. I was you were on a Skype call with her. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I was Googling her and then this whole thread came up on how horrible she was. And, yes. Yeah, uh, and she didn't get the business, right? No, she didn't get the business. Even though uh, it was, I mean, haters and these people online that you shouldn't listen to. But I mean, I didn't want to be associated with her. You know, it was like yeah. the second thing that came when you Google her name or something like this. Yeah. yeah and so. like, like many, you, you'll make a judgment based on that. And it doesn't doesn't have to be true it just has yeah. to be there and then if it doesn't fit well with you then you're going to make a decision and that, that's definitely yeah. something that's uh, that people have to deal with and have to realize that I, I say this a lot when i do my training it's not fair i'm not saying that it's fair i'm just saying this is the reality of what's mm. going on and if you know what the reality is then do something about it to to make it push it in your favor wherever yeah. you can so yeah interesting uh, so, so Back to the marketing question. Mm. I mean, I've been trying to be active on LinkedIn and put things on LinkedIn. I've uh, okay. done a couple of movies because uh, now I have a new corporation with a training company in Sweden called Lexicon, which is kind of like I know you were doing with Informa before mm. uh, as a trainer. So they contracted me as a trainer. Uh, so I've been working from home since 2010. So mm -hmm. when in Sweden, people are now been working from home for almost a year and they say, oh, I'm getting tired of working from home. <laughs> yeah. I know it's not always easy. It's ups and downs. So uh, yeah, so I, we we did a course about. Uh, I have a course about this: how to set up your office, how to be productive, how to keep your motivation and energy while working from home. So this mm -hmm. one we're promoting, and then we try to use LinkedIn. You know, put some movies and all this. And, and, right. uh, yeah. so, and how effective has it been? How effective has LinkedIn been? Because I'm interested because I spoke to somebody who's a big LinkedIn um, master from that side of things. And I'm a firm believer in it as a, as a platform, um, mainly because it's such a huge opportunity because not many people, even though it looks like lots of people are creating content in the grand scheme of things. I think now it's probably like it's still less than 1% of the 600 million users actually actively create content um, of right. their own. Uh, there's lots of people share stuff all the time, but actually going out there writing or video uh, from that uh, side of things it's a tiny tiny percentage so has it been effective from, from your i think uh, from an awareness point uh, because the, i had to kind of like show what i'm doing now so from an awareness point but uh, yeah we're still kind of uh, out there chasing uh, conversions uh, for this uh, well the the biggest thing that i did for marketing was that after i finished my first contract with this unemployment company i found a list of many like 400 of those companies right. so i just emailed them like listen this is what i did for this company i can do it for yours as well and right. on friday monday uh that was a new client on monday that did a right. test run so hopefully yeah. i get more from there so because yeah this autumn and i was testing different things you realize that companies are not investing in trainings like these, mm. there were so many things that was oh shit, this is not working so i had to try different things uh, unemployed yeah. people that's and there's a lot of unemployed people so there was a like you know need uh clear need that uh, they needed help with this you know uh, because yeah. these companies that were contracted by so this 
companies are contracted by the government unemployment agency, the private companies, suddenly they got so busy because mm-hmm. maybe they were helping like 200 unemployed people. And then suddenly they have 1,000 and they need to have a lot of activities to, to motivate them. And, and yeah, so they got super busy. So again, I was just testing different things and then finding something where there is a need and then, okay, this works. So I pushed more of my marketing towards that. But then yeah, cool. the challenge with that is uh, similar maybe when you do school deliveries. I mean, I know you do it out of passion, but they don't pay as much as when you do a corporate, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the same in, in, in my case. Like if I do a corporate training, I charge a lot more than when I work with these. So yeah. they get, you get paid less for each. But at least I have business. I mean, there's so many consultants that are struggling right now. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you have to be, especially with your background, you've got to be mindful and grateful for mm. for the scenario that you're in rather yeah. than thinking. Because oh, uh, I think that's also very important and something that I want to get your input on is this idea of maintaining yourself during this period of transition differentiation. Mm. Like you say, you've been doing home, working from home for over a decade and you've got people that have been doing it for a year saying, I'm done. You know, I'm, it, I don't, I can't do it. I'm not productive. It's just I want to go back to the office. Are there things that you're doing for yourself with your mental training and stuff yeah, yeah. To, to keep you, as you have done for the last decade, going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, because it's very easy to end up in these uh, loops of worrying, where you just ruminate and like, oh, everything is going like it's just everything is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spoke to two clients and they say it's nothing is happening, blah blah. blah. So it's very easy to get into the worry loop. Yeah. So for me, whenever that happened, I have lots of strategies to deal with those emotions. But the first thing is that the worry is an action signal. So that, because when you worry, it means what you're, it hasn't happened yet. Like it's, mm-hmm. you're still alive, you have your health, the police has not locked you up or anything. That means you can still do something about it. So the worry is a signal for action. And then for me, there's two actions going back to focus on where I'm going, like my goals, my directions, and then taking consistent action daily. Uh, and I mean, working from home is not always easy. I mean, there's a lot of distractions as well. I mean, a lot of stuff on YouTube and you can go down to rabbit holes left and right, yeah. uh, which I've done. I mean, my 10 years working from home, you know, but, we all have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very, but one of the things that I do now is, uh, I think Dan Sullivan has been talking about this, another co- business coach and a lot of people talk about this, that I, I on my to-do list, I, I have three like slightly bigger projects that I try to finish every day. Hmm. Uh, and uh, in the morning I, when I have my morning coffee I spend some time thinking like okay if I get these three, three things done today that would be like a great day and I wrote write this down and maybe I have like 10 things on the to-do list but hmm. I make sure that those three, three things are done and that moves me so even though uh, it's only three things but it moves me closer to my goals so like yeah. every day you're consistent in your execution you know yeah yeah absolutely but the, and this is I mean you've obviously trained yourself to do this for, for years now from, from that side it's what you teach people to do are there other are there, do you do things like the um post-it notes and, and these kind of things or, or there was a couple of the strategies that you utilize from i know you've got one for the smartphone because i use it as well the gratitude folders but just yeah. just remind me and talk about a couple of those yeah. things because i think yeah. people are looking for those kind of tips and hacks yeah. and whatnot yeah. just to get yeah. through the day sometimes <laughs> yeah yeah i know exactly so yeah now the strategic tech coaching that i developed over the years is kind of my method to to take things ideas and implement them in everyday mm-hmm. life and, and the first thing is everything in my head is spinning i write down on my to-do list in my phone just uh, empty the, the ram, ram memory is called no the mm-hmm. computer language you know yeah, like what's ram. spinning here ram you yeah. t- put it empty it on your phone so it doesn't ruminate yeah. you know 
Um, and when I started with these three things a day, I think I started actually in Dubai in March, uh, in April during lockdown. I was like, realized like, okay, uh, everything that I used to do, I cannot do. So I need to focus on what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so I start doing this free three projects a day in, in April. And uh, one of the things that I was doing at that time was for my other podcast, my strategic tech coaching podcast, I reached out to, to some guests and I now had some amazing celebrity, like the top coaches in Sweden, top, top guys, you know, uh, because I did that. And I started with uh, three, uh, I had like three trolls that- uh, The trolls, I, the trolls. Yeah, like, the, yeah. yeah. like a fig, small figures that we had at home. Yeah. And I put them on my cigar box. So when I finished my project, I moved it. Okay. And that means my wife could see it as well. Like she could see if she came home, like, oh, you only done one today. Like there's two trolls standing on your cigar box. <laughs> yeah. So that worked quite well. But lately I actually changed. Uh, so now I'm doing, I don't know if you can see this. Uh, can you see up there my calendar? Uh, uh, no, it's a Okay. Yeah. I'm doing post-it notes uh, hmm. now, actually. So okay. in the morning, when I have my morning coffee, I write it down on a post-it note and I put it on my calendar and I put it up there. Now, I don't know if you, if you couldn't see it, but there's four on there, meaning I missed one yesterday. Yeah, so okay. I have four today. <laughs> so, was this podcast one of those things? Uh, no, it wasn't. No. Jeez, <laughs> oh, doesn't even qualify as a big thing. Uh, Great. Actually, <laughs> the, the one that was supposed to be done yesterday was actually, I kind of did, but I'm waiting for another guy. So, and it's actually related to Dubai. So it's quite exciting. Um, okay. We can do uh, the next episode in December because it looks like I'll be coming with a group from Sweden uh, yeah. to Dubai uh, to visit the expo and, uh, you know, a little bit. So, uh, you know, the, my professor in mental training that I mm -hmm. refer to quite often, uh, Professor Unestor, he wants to bring a group to Dubai with uh, 47 mental trainers. So I'm helping right. him to organize this. So then we'll come one week in December and uh, maybe go to the expo and Pick up the things that I left at your place. I left things oh, yeah. in your, in yeah, your place. All, all over Dubai. You've got stuff yeah. that you need to go and pick up. Did I leave my golf clubs in your place? No, I left some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I've right. got your golf clubs. <laughs> See, I don't even remember. I left places, things in three different places. So yeah, I'll, I'll come in December and pick that up. Very cool. That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds good. No, but uh, consistent execution. I mean, when it's hopeless, uh, ruminating and worrying doesn't serve you. So, you know, and also like I tried to, when I was in lockdown, I tried to increase my uh, physical training uh, okay. and I did it with kettlebells at home. I was really lucky that I had all my kettlebells at home before the lockdown, because during the lockdown, the kettlebells prices was like doubled Went through the roof. Yeah. yeah on Dubisel. It was crazy. I actually sold one or two uh, because yeah, it was uh, so. I increase my physical training and I also increase my mental training. So I normally do like one mental training or a meditation a day, but during lockdown, I increased to do two a day, like one mm -hmm. in the morning and one in the afternoon, like just two, because yeah, there is a lot of worry, of course, when the world is collapsing. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But well, that's why so I that think it's Physical so training and mental training, I think is really important during these days as well. Yeah. And these are things that you're teaching people as well, right? Because again, I always find it interesting. You've been doing it for such a long time. It comes naturally, you know, you still work at it, of course, but you've built those habits. I think a lot of people that are, are the, you know, one year into this kind of thing, it's still new and, and yeah, trying to yeah. build those habits 
without getting dragged into the negative cycle of woe is me the world is ending i can't mm. um again and it is it's not nice the fact that you can't travel you can't do this you can't do that there's all the, the legitimate um feelings for sure but yeah, it's about yeah. saying well if you dwell on those then of course you are going to end up potentially getting into that you know what would then be termed as depression and anxiety and whatnot and that as you said that's not productive for you in any way because then yeah, everything yeah. seems like it's unachievable inachievable and that that's not something so is there um and again feel free to point to your stuff here in terms of yeah learnings I mean, that people can do yeah there's two things uh, that come, come to my mind and one is this that um you can divide everything into what's inside of my control what can i influence and what's outside of my control so that's yeah. like this model like okay now uh, sweden did some like new regulations about the covid okay i'm upset about this but this is outside of my control so mm -hmm. I need to get back, take a deep breath. Okay, go back to what can I control and what can I influence? That's one thing. Yeah. And then also when these things happen, when you, this uh, stuff happens, I mean, it's okay to be worried. It's okay to be upset. But the question is how long? Mm. It's okay. like when someone overtakes you and shakes out and you does something bad on the road, you can be upset. But how long? Are you going to be upset for three hours? Mm. It's like, no, you can be upset for five minutes and just get it out of the system. And then <laughs> it's the same <laughs> thing with this. When things happen, I mean, it's okay to be upset, but do you, should you be upset for days, for weeks, for months? I think you can be upset for one hour and then maybe, okay, this is not okay. I'm really upset about this, but okay, this is outside my control. Get back to what I can focus on. And again, when I do one-to-one -one coaching, I do this in strategic tech coaching. I have different models. And one of the things that you said as well is the habits. It's so important with habits because your self-discipline and your willpower is not enough. You need to use that to, to create good habits. And this is... I have this seven-week uh, habit builder program that I use in strategic tech coaching that if someone is interested, they can contact me. And then we mm -hmm. uh, work on uh, productive habits for you and instill these habits into your daily life. Because it's only by... Like, I normally say, did you brush your teeth last night? Yeah, yeah I, I assume. Yeah. And it was not even... You didn't even think about it. You just did it, yeah. you know? But yeah. so, like, when your meditation is your daily habit, you don't even think about it. It just happens, you know? Just so, do it, yeah. And I, this is lots of different um, timescales because I've been dabbling with this. I did some mindfulness stuff with them um, uh, just beforehand because it's been a busy day. Was up late last night finishing stuff for today and just realizing that ooh, a bit frazzled and just doing it. Uh, um, is, is there how long does it actually take? in terms of let's say it was to take your your course and do these mm. things to build that habit where because like brushing my teeth has been a habit that's been involved over 42 years effectively mm. um, yeah. so of course it's normal but that's a long yeah. time how long does it how long does it take for people that are moving yeah. into this new world if you whatever you want to call it yeah. to, to build those habits where it just becomes normal for me to meditate in the morning be mindful to do these things to not be distracted to have my goals written down how long does it take because people are always going to want to know <laughs> is there yeah. a shortcut <laughs> yeah i mean there some people say like there's there was some rumor that there was research saying that it takes 21 days to create a new habit and and I, some other was saying like 60 days and but there's not really any right or wrong but there are ways to do it to make it easier you know uh, and I have a, a whole list of those things to make it easier. But I mean, just a simple thing that I can share now. And for the rest, you have to pay for the coaching <laughs> program. <laughs> no, but uh, the one thing that is easy, you can connect it with something that you're already doing. So like, let's say you want to do a mindfulness uh, meditation every day. Uh, you connect it with a habit that you're already doing. So like, okay, maybe you, every morning I, you drive to the office. Uh, in your car right so mm -hmm. you connect when i when i sit in my car and put it on i'm gonna do a five minute mindfulness meditation 
because you're going to the office anyway. So you just yeah. connect it, okay? And you make it maybe post it in the car. Before you drive to the office, do five minutes mindfulness or something like this. So you connect right. it with an existing habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just like connect it after lunch. After lunch, I will uh, do 10 push-ups. Or maybe not after lunch. Before lunch, I will do 10 push-ups. <laughs> so you yeah. connect it with an existing habit. That's uh, yeah. like, a, like a small trick that will make it easier to... Oh, but there's a couple of those and it's it depends a little bit on the habit so like some habits it goes faster so there's no like mm. i cannot say in in 16 days exact i mean for marketing purpose i would say in 14 days you will have three new habits <laughs> installed yeah. you know? uh, because in the marketing you need to hype a little bit but uh but uh yeah there's no it depends a little bit you know it, mm. it, for, sometimes it takes longer and uh, accountability is can be good in the beginning you, to have someone accountable Either well, a friend or pay a coach to do it. So. I was going to say that you know, not not in terms of plugging or anything like that, but it is it's a it's a cliche that you know the most successful people have somebody coaching them because and this yeah. is something I've found it's that accountability because if left to my own device it's like well I could do it tomorrow oh I'll mm-hmm. do it tomorrow and yeah. uh, and obviously tomorrow never comes so <laughs> it doesn't yeah. happen but when somebody's saying I need that by this time then you're like oh well I don't want to disappoint them it's in my best interest to do it anyway. Um, so do it um, yeah, from that yeah, side of things. But yeah. it's, it's, I think the, um, again, conscious of the time now, just to, to wrap this up, I think it's a really good one to end it on in terms of connecting these new habits with something that you're already doing because you, you've got to do that anyway. Yeah. Add something onto it so that you it, then over a period of time, whether it's 14 days, it's three days, it's three months, it will become habit. And by yeah, yeah. making it habit, you'll get the benefit from it. So uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. that's cool. But um, I'll look forward to recording something. Um, and, you know, the, the the end of the year, I guess, it's already March, but in a few more months to catch up with uh, uh, Oscar's travels and uh, yeah, yeah. Sweden and what's going on. But I appreciate the the time that you've, you've allocated. So this is always yeah. good to talk to you. We, we talk otherwise on WhatsApp and whatnot, but yeah, yeah. good to get an episode recorded. Uh, yeah. Anything you wanted to say in, in, uh, in closing? No, uh, I mean, it was fun to catch up again. And uh, I mean, I miss, do, I do miss Dubai. I miss the desert especially. And of course, mm-hmm. going for walks on the beach and the, the weather is quite cold in Sweden right now. So I do miss Dubai and it is a lovely place. Um, someone, I was watching this video uh, from Nassau Kima the other day and I was like, oh my God, I would like, like to go there now. <laughs> yeah. So I think Dubai will be, always be part of my life and I will always come back mm-hmm. uh, and the, to escape the cold Swedish winters. Uh, <laughs> and also it was nice to catch up. And uh, I mean, the reason why we talk quite often is because we had the Kobaba project. Hmm. Uh, and that's something that I really believe in is the app that uh, Barry developed with his friend. If you're listening to this, it's an app for pushing content. Or what, what, how would you describe Cobabble? Yeah, it's a content delivery platform. It's also a digitization tool. So some of the stuff that we're talking about with the companies and, and moving into Scandinavia is to help some of those more, I suppose we would turn them as traditional businesses with a lot of manual processes, um, turn them digital, but in an easy to use format because there's a lot of tools out there that complicate this. Um, one of the reasons why I think Zoom perhaps over Teams is just less complicated. It's not yeah. difficult to use. Um, it's easy. And we've built an app to be able to do that. So if you're a business that's looking at turning checklists into digital so that your dispersed workforce can get them on their smart device on their ipad Um, if it's about dissemination of knowledge hr training compliance training or just messages from the ceo to make your audience your company feel like they are being listened to and that they're they're they're, they're, you know they're they're worth and they're they're 
they're valued from that side of things as a couple of the clients doing that. So yeah, it's really about maintaining control of your content, putting it out there through a, a private scenario. So you're not putting it out there through social media for people that aren't employed by your business to see. Um, and it's about getting ready for the future. So um, we're excited to be working on that with you guys in, in Scandinavia and hope to be able to roll that out um, pretty soon. Yeah. So um, yeah, no, but- we're, hopefully this Ecobabble uh, will, uh, I mean, the way we see it, my partner is into security and uh, you can have digital checklists for uh, doing all the security checks and everything. So this is now, now many times a manual checklist. And when it's digital, it's perfect. Because, so we look forward to that. So they can find more information on Kobabble.ae, right? Yeah, kobabble.ae, kobabble.com, um, both of those websites that comes to myself, to Wayne, who's my business partner in, in, in Ireland. And uh, yeah, I'd love to talk to people about that. And hopefully we'll talk to more people in Scandinavia about that in the near future. <laughs> and from my side, you can uh, follow on Instagram, so you take coaching, uh, which I, where I share a little bit about these tips on how to use strategy. Say that, say that again slower. Strategic tech coaching. <laughs> so strategies, strategies for a better life. And then we use technology and coaching to implement those strategies. Can say. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's, I have the podcast there as well with uh, some international experts uh, on leadership, uh, mental training, uh, business, uh, health, uh, different topics. So yeah, and we'll, uh, as you know, we'll put those links in, in the blog post and on the social, <laughs> on the social posts as we uh, did previously. And uh, just uh, thanks very much for taking the time. Yeah. Also good to see you and good uh, to see you. say hi to the family and I'll pick up my golf clubs in December. Look forward to it. Thanks, Oscar. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, we look forward to uh, hearing and seeing you soon. If you've got any suggestions for the podcast, always open to hear that. And if you have any suggestions for people that you'd like us to talk to in particular, drop us a line at wishlist at swanglinese.rocks. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Swanglinese with your hosts, Barry Lee Cummings and Oscar Endermo. We'll catch you next time.